0: From Parkway Church in Karana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, hey, Parkway Church, welcome back to Church Online. I'm just super excited you took time to be with us today, or whoever it is that you're tuning in. I hope you're doing well. Know that I'm praying for you, we're praying for you, and that we miss meeting together uh, a lot. Uh, I have a few quick announcements for you before we really get into today's word and what we're looking at in the Book of Mark. You know, we're not gathering yet physically in person, um, in-house on a Sunday morning, but we have started to gather together on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7:30 one hour that's all it is for a prayer service it's different than what you probably think it is um, but it's our opportunity to meet together to call on the name of Jesus in person and really just experience the presence of God in a tangible way so if you are aching to get together if you're aching to be in church then this is for you you know when you look at the early church the church wasn't born it didn't begin when people were gathering together and singing songs Worship is so much deeper than just singing songs. And if we think that's what worship is, then we've missed the mark. We've missed the mark. Worship is so much uh, more than that. It's giving God what he is worthy of. It's boasting of the things that he's done. It's, it's confession. It's, it's being thankful. It's, it's uh, blessing his name with a sacrifice of praise that comes from our heart. It's centering our attention, our focus only in on him. It's clapping. It's dancing. It's being still. It's kneeling. If we center our relationship with God with what we only do on a Sunday morning, then then our relationship is really void and empty of of true meaning. The church was actually uh, born and began when people gathered together and were praying. the book of Acts, chapter 1, it was in a room after the death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus where those gathered, um, joined together constantly in prayer. It says, constantly in prayer. Is it possible that we can come together We can follow the the government guidelines for safety and health reasons, um, staying physically distant, to worship without singing. Absolutely, absolutely possible. And And it's meaningful and it's powerful, and it happens Wednesday nights, from 6.30 to 7.30. So if you want to join in, all you got to do is message me directly. You can message us on Facebook. You know, somehow it will get to me. You can email me, Facebook me, call the church. However it is, just let me know you're coming so we can make sure that we are we're we have enough room in the this, in this space um, Wednesday nights. I, I really wonder if the richness and the vitality of the presence of God in this church, in this season, will be marked by our desire for his presence in prayer. I really wonder. And so join with me, Um, it's it's powerful. We've done it for two weeks now and I I promise you, um, you'll be touched. Second thing I wanna let you know is uh, we need to be in prayer for David McKinney and his family. Um, Edgar, his father who attended our church um, passed away on July 3rd and there was a funeral service held for him this past Wednesday. So we just uh, want to be praying for David who is also a part of this church um, and praying for Bonnie as well who came with them. um, Just that God would be with them. And if you know them, reach out to them and let them know that you you care. Uh, Beyond that, um, I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. We want to know how you're doing. What is God doing in your life? How can we pray for you? If you're new, we want to get connected with you. We all know um, who you are you know, how you got connected here. Um, So regardless, just message us. Shoot us a message right on Facebook. Comment in the comment section if you need to. Um, You can go to weareparkway.com slash connect. Um, We just want the opportunity to to connect. Now, if you have a Bible, we're going to get into it. Turn to Mark chapter uh, 4. We're hanging out in the book of Mark, and if you've just been joining in in this series, we've been in Mark for a while now, and I'm loving it. Um, We're in chapter 4 today. Uh, If you don't know a little bit about the history and background of Mark, I just want to encourage you to to go back and listen to part 1 of this series, and that will give you a little bit of background about Mark. But we're in Mark chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, uh, just grab your device and download the Uversion Bible app. It's a free app. It's one I use often. Alternatively, you can go to Bible.com, just Bible.com. Um, if you don't have a physical Bible, if you have a physical Bible, great. Grab your Bible. Let's begin with some prayer. And I'm really believing that God's going to speak to you today. And I really believe that you're going to walk away changed. But let's begin with prayer and we'll move forward. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to freely look at your word. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would we would know that you are with us. God, I know that you are. We know from the scriptures, but help us to sense you this morning as we look to your word. I pray that as I share that you would speak to, to every mind and every spirit. Lord, you know everything that's going on in our individual lives, so would you speak to each of those areas, God, regarding this word today. Guide me, Holy Spirit, as I speak, but allow our ears to be open to receive from you, God. I pray you bless those, God, um, that are tuning in today. Lord, those that are hurting, that are that are in need of a touch of you, I just pray that you comfort and that you heal, Lord. Would you stretch out your arm as only you can in the name of Jesus we pray. Be with us, God. We're excited in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse uh, 1, and it's a little bit lengthy. We got about uh, 20 verses we got to read, so I need you just to hold on. But tune in, because a lot of what we're going to talk about um, is referencing this story that I'm going to read for you right now. So Mark chapter 4, verse verse 1, it says this, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell along the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants, were, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root, other seed fell along thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good, good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those that are on the outside, everything is said in parable, so so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and he takes the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed on the rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like the seeds sown along the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Other, like seeds sown along good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce crops some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown." So this is really a story about evangelism, about spreading the gospel, about spreading the good news of Jesus um, and the effects of evangelism, but I really want to look at this from a a little bit of a different perspective, from uh, the perspective, uh, personal perspective and ask what are we doing to cultivate our soul so that it will produce what we were designed to produce? What are we doing to cultivate our soul so that it will produce what it is designed to produce? So most of you know my family. I have, uh, I have three kids, a, six, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and almost a, a two-year-old. She's 21 months now, I think. Um, and every night we have a bedtime routine that consists of uh, um, a story, uh, a chat, a little chat, a prayer, and a song. Now, depending on how, how much, especially our boys, the six-year-old and the four-year-old, depending on how long they've tried to drag out bedtime routine, you know, will depend on how long this, this routine lasts, you know. Some days we have a little bit more time, we spend a little more time reading a longer story, chatting, praying, and, and, and singing. Other times, if they've tried to drag it on and I'm tired and I just want to get through it, we're just like, okay, hey, let's go, 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 go. But almost, almost every night, I ask my boys this question. I say, what does God have for you? And they respond back by saying, a purpose. And then I to which I say, and who can fulfill that purpose? And they say, me. And then I say, who else? And they say, no one. Now, I do this almost every night without fail. You know, there's a few times where we miss it. But now it's, they hear it so, so often that they're kind of just like done with it. Joshua, our four-year-old, he kind of just giggles and laughs because he thinks it's like an overdone joke. And Eli kind of just responds back really quick because he's like, I know this, I know where we're going with this, you know, I know what you want me to say. But I, but I want them to know, I, almost, I always end by saying that's right, that God has a plan for you. Because I want them to know that God has a purpose. For their lives, I want them to know that they are unique and that they're designed with intentionality. And if they pursue Him, that they'll discover that um, what God created them for. You know, one of my my biggest passions doing what I do as a pastor is seeing people pursue um, God's plan and purpose for their lives. I have a huge heart for it. I'm I'm convicted that if we were created by him, that we were designed by him and fashioned by him, then he must have a reason for our existence, a purpose for our individual lives. Uh, God designed you and God is calling you and he's willing to equip you to accomplish something with your life. Your, your, your experience, your personality, your abilities, and your heart, it's different than mine and it's different from others because you were wired for something. You were wired for something. And I don't know if you've ever really wondered, what on earth am I here for? Well, what was I made for? What am I supposed to do with my life? What does God have for me? I wonder that still. But it's not so much the What? we get focused on the what. What does God have for me? What on earth am I here for? But it's not so much the what. In fact, I think it's often less about the what does he have for me. But as I work through the how do I do that, then the what gets fulfilled. When I I focus and work on the how, the what is fulfilled. So I'm looking at this text in Mark chapter 4 And there's a lot here, but I'm drawn to the idea that this this seed that fell on good soil, it came up, it grew up, and it produced a crop. It yielded 30 times, some 60 times, and some 100 times. I produce a crop with my life. I produce something with my life. How can I produce through my life the things that I was designed to produce? How can I make sure I produce to the best of my ability, regardless of my age? And in this text, it reveals not what is produced. It doesn't tell us what is produced. It just tells us how it's produced, um, what we're designed to produce. You know, a plant is going to produce only what that plant was designed to produce, and when we position ourselves and we cultivate our soul, we will produce what we were designed individually to produce. I hope you're tracking with me so far. You know, Let me say it this way. Finding my purpose and fulfilling my destiny is a matter of personal cultivation. When, when I work the ground in me, I'm going to produce what I was designed to produce. So Jesus is sharing this uh, parable with the crowds here. And again, as we've been seeing in Mark, people are just excited about what Jesus is sharing, what Jesus is doing. They want more. And so they gather, and he begins to share in in parables and stories. A a parable was an illustration used to share a moral or spiritual lesson. But often you had to dig deep for the meaning. Often you you had to lean in. And there was always kind of this shock value. And he uses the story of a a farmer. Now, many of us, some of you are farmers. Some of you are familiar with farming. And and many in that culture would have been familiar with that as well because it's a really agricultural society. Uh, They would have known about sowing seeds and about crops and about harvesting and production. And so Jesus goes on to share about this this sower and how he sows seed and where the seed falls. But, But I think what most people would have been drawn to was the production. And, and, and you've got to understand, too, that, that they didn't get the explanation, only the disciples did, right? The, the disciples heard, you know, went later on, and they asked Jesus what it meant, and he explained it to them. But the, but the rest of the people, they just, they just got the story. Now, at first glance, it kind of looks like he doesn't get great success. And if I didn't hear the whole story, I would think he didn't do very well. His attempts aren't doing so well. The first one gets snatched up by a nasty bird, and I know that that too well. Something in our garden ate my strawberries. We had strawberries producing. We were excited about eating them, and they're gone. Maybe it was my kids, and I didn't know. But the second one didn't have deep enough soil, so it got scorched by the sun. I know what that's like too. I probably, it probably has more to do with how I water my plants than anything, but the third one grows up with some weeds and some thorns, and they suck out all the nutrients and choke the plants. And I know what that's like, because I look at my garden sometime and I'm like, I can't tell if that's a plant or if that's a weed, so I'm gonna kinda just let you both grow and see what happens. But the fourth one falls on some good soil, and what it produces is beyond imaginable. Most farming doesn't produce a yield of 30 times, 60 times, 100 times over. That is a crazy re- return, and I think people would've been drawn. That's what, it got, what would've got their attention. I want that kind of return with, with my garden. I want that kind of return in my life. Now this story is commonly known as the parable of the sower, but it really should be called the parable of the soil because it's not, it shows us that it's not so much about the sower and it's not so much about the seed as much as it is about the soil. About the soil. If the sower sows, and if, the so, and if he sows the right seed, it really hinges on the soil. You are only going to produce what you were designed to produce if the soil of your heart and the soil of your spirit is fertile ground. I cannot accomplish and fulfill the things God has for my life if I do not attend to personal cultivation. If I do not work on becoming more like Jesus. I cannot expect my home garden, my, my veggies, to grow and produce in keeping up with what kind of plant they are unless I tend to the soil that they're in, right? I know very little about gardening. Um, I, have, I don't have a much of a green thumb at all. I try to. Um, but what we often do is we look at um, how our garden is doing compared to other people, like what ours is producing and, and what other people's are producing. You we know, see people post pictures online. And we often wonder why. Why are they producing so much (laughs) and ours are producing uh, so little? Why are theirs yielding so much fruit? And I find that we can do this in our life, right? We compare to other people. Why are they producing more? Why are they yielding more? We do this in the church. I don't have the same gifts as so-and-so. I don't have the same talents as so-and-so. I wish I was more like so-and-so if I was more like them. How can they accomplish so much? So Jody and I will look at each other and we'll say, you know, it's got to be, like, regards to our garden, it's got to be the soil. It's got to be the soil because the seeds, we know for some people, are the same. We've literally shared seeds with someone. We've, We've sowed them very similarly, but the composition of the ground has to be the key. And that's what I think this text has shown us. Am I doing what I need to do so that the seeds God sows in me will produce what they're supposed to produce. Am I good ground? Or am I thorny? Am I rocky? Or am I hard? Now most of the crowds that were listening wouldn't have really understood what Jesus was trying to say. In fact, that's why his disciples went on later. They asked him to explain what does this parable mean? And so his response to them is this. He says, the the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. I read this earlier. But to those of you on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. They may be ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Now, what he's trying to teach them is, is why he teaches in parables. And, and it seems pretty loaded, right? It seems pretty loaded. They can see but not per- Perceive, they can, they can hear but not understand, right? Otherwise they'll be forgiven. Like I don't know about you, but the natural question I ask is, is Jesus trying to keep people from understanding? Is is He trying to blind people? And that's not the case. It's not it's not to blind them, but it's because they are blind. And by teaching this way, Jesus is offering them the opportunity to dig deep, to, to lean in, to look again, to, to lure them towards a new attention, or they can just turn away to a nice story. The parable was like a doorway, and and Jesus' listeners stood at the doorway and they heard him. If they were interested, they could walk through and discover more, or they could just remain on the outside. You have to be willing to go deeper. You have to be willing to search for meaning. You have to be willing to show an interest. Now, I can imagine what what people would have thought if they heard this with no explanation. They might have interpreted the story differently. The, the farmer would have thought, he's telling me that I need to be careful on how I cast my seed. I'm, I'm wasting an awful lot of seed. The politician would have thought, man, I need to begin a, a farming education program to help farmers more efficiently cast seed. This would really be a big boost for my campaign. The, the, the journalist would have said, he's telling me there's a big story here about the bird problem among the farming community. You know, this could be a great idea for a series. The salesman thought, man, he's encouraging me in my fertilizer sales. You know, I could help farmers more than they know if they just bought my product. They, they are seeing, but they're not perceiving. They're, they're hearing, but they're not understanding. You know, sometimes we project our own interpretation onto a message, onto a talk, onto the word, because we're missing the key. We can miss the message if we're not leaning into what the Holy Spirit is saying. So the disciples, they wanted to know the key. What, what's this all mean, Jesus? They, they dug deeper. They leaned in. Are you digging deeper? Are, are you leaning in? Do you, do you want to know more? You may miss the key. You may miss the whole point unless you take that next step through that doorway. So Jesus here, he explains it to them, right? He says, the sower sows the seed. The, 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 the sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's that you are a sinner and that you need saving, that your sin, the wages of sin is death, and that Jesus came to save you from death, to die on the cross for your sins, that if you repent and you believe in him, you will have eternal life. You will have eternal life. If you think the seed represents money, then you miss miss the parable. If you think the seed represents love, then you miss the parable. If you think the seed represents hard work, then you miss the parable. You can only understand it by understanding, understanding the key. And in this case, Jesus explains the words. But sometimes you get a plain reading of the, of the scriptures and, and it's hard to, to make sense of it. You need the Spirit of God to, to show you what it means. You need the Spirit of God to, to teach you and to reveal to you the truth. Just that this, the same way that the Spirit of God inspired the authors to pen these pages, we need the Spirit of God to illuminate the scriptures to us. Some people read the word almost every day and they get nothing from it because they're just reading paper. But if I have the key, if I have the Spirit of God, say, Spirit, speak to me right now. Speak to me right now through the Word, through the preaching of the Word, that I may understand what you're trying to reveal to me. The seed here is the Word, and it gets planted in our hearts, and it has the potential to bear fruit. Now, the sower is the one who spreads the Word. It's the preacher who preaches. It's the church that reaches, right? It's, it's the church that reaches. It's the person that, that shares with others. It's you. It's me, right? And now the sower, you and me, the preacher, the church, the person, we can make sowing more appealing. We can, we can change the method, right? We can, we can make the, the, the word s- seem more attractive, right? I can, I can work on being more an engaging preacher, And I try, some of you are like, man, you are not doing well. Hey, I can dress in cooler clothing. In fact, do you just wait to see what I'm dressed up in next week? It's probably going to be the same. I can even remodel and paint and update the building. Um, we can sing more songs that are, that, are, that are current. And listen, I think there's a place for that. I think there's a place to allowing my method to, to change. It's called being missional. Just like a farmer may change the method on how he scatters the seed. You can be more friendly. We can, we can, we can change our method. The sower can change the method. But listen, it's really not about the sower. It's really not about the sower, as long as he's sowing. Now sometimes the sower tries to change the seed, the word. We strip away some stuff from it that we think people won't want to hear. Oh, that's not politically correct. We, we, we can't teach about that stuff. You know, it's, it's 2020. People are going to be offended if they hear about hell. If we teach about hell. We teach about the sin, the wages of sin, and that deserve death and judgment. People don't want to hear about that. They definitely don't want to talk us to talk about God's design for marriage and sex and abortion. They don't want to hear about the hard stuff in the Bible, the stuff that makes them uncomfortable, the stuff that challenges the way they live. So let's strip that all away to make it, make the seed more appealing. Because if we if we if we if we strip the seed of all that hard stuff, we'll be more effective will be more effective. Now some sowers strip the word of some things because they think that. And you can can build a church. I can fill a building that way. I can fill a building that way. But according to God's word, the, the scripture, true effectiveness, true kingdom growth, true disciple making is not contingent on me stripping the word of the truth. It's not contingent on me stripping away all the hard stuff, but on where the word is sown. Are you with me? It's not about the sower. It's not about stripping the seed. I've got to let the seed remain the same. But where the word is being sown, the soil. Listen, you need to know something. I will not strip the word. Uh, I will not water it down. I may change our methods, right? Like farmers, they buy new machinery, the updated machinery that helps, them, helps the, the method of farming. But, but I will always share what the Bible says, even if it's uncomfortable even if it's hard, even if it's offensive, even if my government says otherwise, even if people don't like hearing it, I I feel like I wouldn't be loving and I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't do that. I'm not a good parent to my child if I don't discipline my child for doing wrong, if I don't tell them it's wrong. If my one son slaps my other son, I don't just stand back and be like, oh, that was nice. No, I tell them it was wrong. It was wrong to hurt somebody. I need him to know what is wrong. I need him to, to know the truth. I will, I will not do that to the word. I will not strip the word. Now listen, I'll do it with love, and I will share with sensitivity. I will, always, I will always show people I love them. I will always show people that I'm fighting for them, that I'm rooting for them, that I'm not judging them. But I can't change the truth to fit the person. I can't. The seed is the word of God here and it gets planted in our hearts and then it has the potential to bear fruit. But not every seed grows into a plant and bears fruit. Not every seed grows into a plant and bears fruit. Not every person is going to receive the message of Jesus. Not every person is going to receive the message and produce what they're intended to produce in turn. The kind of soil it lands on makes all the difference. And Jesus shares four different types of soil, four different types of people. And listen, when I share these, I'm just going to go through them. I want you to ask the Spirit if this resonates with you. Lord, am, is there a part of me that is like any of these types of soil? Or maybe, maybe someone you know. The first type of seed is the seed that gets along the path. Now, this is a hard ground because, because people walk on it all the time. Right? It's, it gets beat down into a road or a path. It's kind of like the, the, if you have a dog running in your backyard where they always run. There's like a, there's like a beaten down path there. I have one of those in our, ba- our backyard. This group of people, they, they hear the word, but there's no room in their, in their heart for the word to enter. Their heart is hard. In fact, before it even enters, before it even has the possibility, the enemy comes and steals it away. These people, they walk and they live in enemy territory. There is a significant amount of spiritual warfare surrounding people who are hard-hearted to the Word of God, who live in darkness. Our, Our spiritual enemy, the devil, Satan we call him, has got this person locked in. And Satan comes and he immediately snatches away the Word that may have had the possibility of being sown in their hearts. You need you need to you need to understand that Satan does not want the word of God to take root because when when the word of God takes root it grows it breeds life He's like a vulture circling around waiting to take it away and, and if you're not mindful of the soil that is in your heart, if you're not monitoring the, the hardness that may exist in you uh, and, and maintaining fertile ground in you, then you open yourself up to the enemy stealing away the word of God that could, be, that could produce life, that could produce what you are supposed to produce through your life. It's, it's, it's incredibly important that we are monitoring and maintaining the soil of our heart, that we're cultivating our spirit so that we can be fertile ground so that when the word of God comes, we're ready to receive. Before you watched today, before you listened, did you pray? Take a moment to make sure that the ground of your heart and the ground of your spirit, that's often, can I just say that is often why people put worship, singing songs before the message because it prepares our heart to receive the word so that when it receives the word, the enemy does not come and snatch it away. The second type is, is the, the type that is sown on the rocky places. This is places where there are rocks in the ground. There's, there's soil, but there's, there's rocks in the ground, but there isn't a lot of room for the, for the roots to grow. This, this type of person, this type of group, they hear the word of God and they receive it with joy, right? They get excited immediately. They're just on board. You know, there appears to be immediate life change. These are the kind of people that I get, we get excited about. We're like, man, this person, they got it. They're excited. Um, you know, they're, it's like the, the super green lawn in spring, right? It seems good because it's all green on the, on the top. But what happens is when trouble comes because of their newfound belief, they, they fall away quickly. When the trouble comes, they, they fall away. Maybe it's a family member that doesn't accept their newfound faith. Maybe it's a, a friend that, that laughs at them and mocks them. Maybe it's coworkers, coworkers that give them funny looks. Maybe give them the cold shoulder. Maybe they're persecuted because of what they believe. Not only are they mistreated, but they're oppressed and they're, and they're abused. This person isn't directly attacked by Satan. Satan. But they fall away quickly because of, because of the trouble um, and, the, and the mistreatment because of their belief. Because of the trouble, the joy doesn't last. There's no roots. You know, there's, there's some Christians who have no roots in themselves. Their, their roots are in their parents' faith. Their, their roots are in their, their friends' faith, their Christian friends. Their roots are in their pastor. Their roots are in their church gathering on Sunday morning. And so when their, their family goes or they're separated from their family or their friends or when the pastor leaves or when the church gathering doesn't exist, their faith falls apart because the root wasn't in themselves. The root was in something else. Their faith struggles. The third group is like the, the seed sown among the thorns. They hear the word of God, they receive the word of God, but because they're worried about life, because they're so concerned about, about life, they've got desires for wealth and success and materialism, it chokes out the word. Right? This, this group accepts the word, they get excited about it, they receive it with joy, they begin to walk in it, but they allow the interests of, of this life and the cares of this world to push out the seed. To push out the seed. They're too concerned about this life. Too concerned. Some might say that this ground is too fertile because not only does the word of God grow here, but everything else grows here too. Everything else crowds out the word of God. This is kind of like that garden that has good soil, but it's never weeded, right? It's a the, it's the garden that has, the, it has good soil, but it's never tended to, it's never weeded, it's never maintained. It's like the person that likes like weed flowers, like dandelions. They're like, don't, don't get rid of the dandelions. They're nice, they're beautiful. The bees like them. And eventually all there is is dandelions. It chokes out, it chokes out the word. The final type is, is the good soil. The final type is the good soil. This is the person whose heart was prepared, it was tilled, it was pumped with nutrients, it was worked, and it was ready. And they accepted the word, and, and it grows good roots, and it bears good, beautiful fruit, producing an incredible yield 30 times 60 times 100 times over this group is the good ground that fulfill the purpose of the seed and my heart and my prayer is for you, is for me, is for us to be people who work the soil of our heart and our spirit in a way that we are, when, we, when the word of God is, is presented to us, whether it's the preaching of the word, whether it's, it's as we read the word, or the spirit revealing the word to us, when the word of God is sown into our hearts, that it produces what it's intended to produce, is that you fulfill the purpose of God for your life because you've maintained and worked and prepared the soil of your heart. You know, we planted uh, we planted a veggie garden this year. Um, You know, we just moved here last year, so this year we got we planted a veggie garden and we made it look like Pinterest ready. You know, we had three, you know, four by seven, maybe eight um, garden beds. you know, not raised or anything but just garden beds and we put like nice nice wood chips around. There's a nice little path and there's a nice little chicken wire fence with some wood. It just looks nice. It looks, it looks nice. I think it looks nice. It looks prepared. We prepared everything. We planted uh, seeds in, indoors, you know, monitored them, watered them. We, we, we even etched out a plan where we were going to plant stuff and we made sure it was spaced out correctly and we made sure that that, you know, certain kinds of plants were with certain kind of plants and all that kind of stuff that you do. We even bought stuff to spray away bugs and and all that good stuff, all natural, you know, whatever. We we, we had this plant and we planted them and we transplanted them into into the the soil. Um, Now, now what I'm noticing is it's not yielding like it should. Uh, It's producing but not as effective as it could. Now, some are. Some are producing really well. Some are, um, you know, the soil composition area is not that that good. Some have been eaten by other stuff. Some has gotten scorched. Um, some is growing up with other stuff because I'm not sure if what one's a plant or one's one's a weed. Um, I can have everything right in my garden, but if my soil isn't right, then my plants aren't going to produce how they were designed to produce. I can it can look like Pinterest, but it's not going to produce what it's designed to produce. And that is the same with your life. You were designed with intentionality. You were designed with purpose. There's a reason why you exist. Your shape. Right? Your spiritual gifts, your, your your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences are there. God whispered purpose into your life when your life began, that you that when you would receive the truth of God, when you received the word of God, you would produce in accordance with that design. Yielding 30 times, 60 times, 100 times over. Now we all produce differently and we all yield differently because we're different. Some of us are going to produce more because that's our design just how God wired us. Some are going to produce a different amount because that's our design. But if I do not attend to personal cultivation, then I'm setting myself up up for failing faith. And I'm setting myself up for failing purpose. I'm positioning myself for the enemy to steal the, the, the seed. I'm positioning myself for trouble to make me cower in my faith, for the cares of this life to choke out what seed has been sown. So the question remains, how do I position myself? How do I cultivate my soul to produce good soil production? And I got got three things for you. Number one is I gotta till the ground. Number one, I till the ground. This is prayer. This is prayer. I pray that the Lord would till the hard parts of my heart and my soul, working the ground in me. My job is to pray. It's the Lord's job to till the ground. This is the work of God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in accord to fulfill his good purpose. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. So we pray. We pray that God would till the hard parts of our heart so that we could be ready to receive and receptive to receive his word. Now, if you are willing to pray that, that means that God is already tilling your heart. If there is a willingness in you to even pray that prayer, then God is already at work. If I'm hard-hearted, I'm closed off to this. If I'm hard-hearted, I'm unwilling to have the ground of my heart tilled. I don't think it's necessary. I don't even pray. In fact, if, if I am hard-hearted, I've already tuned me out. I probably, didn't even, I probably didn't even watch this long. I probably already switched to something else. If I'm hard-hearted, I might not even tuned in at all. I might not even watched at all. But if you're still with me, you're someone that is willing to do the work. You're someone that God is already working in, so you pray. Number one, as I pray, God, would you till the ground of my heart any hardness in me Would you work, would you crumble to remove so that the seed can be put in my heart? In my heart. Second thing is this, I remove the rocks and the weeds. I remove the rocks and the weeds. There are things in and around my life that will choke the life out of my faith. There are things that are in my life that will choke the life out of my faith. It could be a habit that I need to cut. It could be a relationship that needs to be severed and nobody likes to hear that one. Nobody likes to hear it. But sometimes um, we find ourselves in, in a relationship that makes us walk in sin and we don't even realize it. It could be a materialistic desire. It could be too much scrolling time. I spend so much time scrolling on my phone, my device. What I do know, what I do know is that my life does not grow. What is in my life that does not help my faith to grow? What do I know that is in my life that does not help my faith to grow? Now, we don't always see this. Sometimes we are blind to this. We don't see the things. We don't see the things. In fact, some things might be choking out the faith in our life and we don't even realize it's that. We think that thing's a good thing. And this is where we need need prayer. This is where we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. This is where we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to convict us of sin to reveal to us truth. And so I pray to the God to open my eyes, to see the next step, to walk in his purpose, to reveal the rocks and the weeds. What are the things that I need to remove from my life that are going to help me move forward in my faith? Lord, what is in my life that is choking my faith? There, there are plants in my garden at home that I, don't, I didn't even realize that they weren't plants and they were actually weeds until they were so big. Because I couldn't see, I couldn't tell. Sometimes we can't tell. And now when I pull that weed out, it actually impacts the plant. Weakens the plant because the roots were intermingled and they were all tangled up together. And so I need to pray. I need to ask for guidance. Help me to see the things in me that shouldn't be in there. Don't interpret it for yourself. Now, and weeding is an ongoing process too, right? Like I'm constantly having to weed in my garden. We're constantly having to remove things from our life. Cares of this world, things that can choke out our faith. Excuses to stop us from, from getting into the word or, or having devotional time with God or, or meeting in a prayer meeting. You know, what am I what do I need to remove from my life that is causing me not to grow? And it's a constant process. And finally, number three. Uh, number one is I till the ground. Number two is I remove the rocks and the and the weeds. And number three is I pump my soil full of nutrients. I pump my soil full of nutrients, right? A little manure goes a long way. This is where I I purposely cultivate my relationship with Jesus. This is where I'm actively doing things that are going to help my faith grow. It's it's purposeful daily prayer time, setting aside time to talk with the Lord, setting aside time to receive from the Lord. It's meaningful devotional times. It's it's pausing to to get into the scriptures and not just reading it quickly, but but allowing the spirit to, to, to speak to me as I read it. You know, we just finished a a 90-day Bible reading plan where we went through the New Testament, a group of us, and, and we're going to be starting a new one. So if you want to join in on that, I want to encourage you to join in on that. We'll do, we'll, we're going to be doing a little bit shorter one next time. So it's, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's journaling and meditating on the scripture. It's, it's not just reading it quickly and saying, I'm done. It's, it's taking that scripture and, and allowing the spirit just to allow it to soak deep into my heart and to my soul so that it can grow. You know, it's it's thinking about it through all the day, it's writing about it, it's it's focusing on it. You know, sometimes I think we're more fruitful if we just take one scripture even for a week and just reread that scripture over and over and over again until it sinks deep into to our hearts. It's practicing all of the spiritual disciplines, purposely placing myself in a position to grow. The, the prayer service, what we do here on Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30, that's an opportunity. It's, it's making online community. What we do on a Sunday morning as we gather, it's, it's in the, even in the chats, um, a deliberate part of my, my faith. The more I pump into my soil, the better. The more I have an opportunity to grow. When I position myself and I cultivate my soil, I will produce with what I was designed to produce. I When I do the how... I will fulfill the purpose. I will fulfill the what. When the word is received as it should be, something happens, fruit is produced. Is there fruit from your faith? Are you moving forward in your faith? If nothing happens, then the word has not been received as it should, and I need to do something to change the composition of my soil. You know, I really believe that God is at work in us in this season as a church. I, 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 don't, I don't like all the pruning. I don't like it. But, but I know that it's necessary. and That's a message for another day. But I know that God is doing something in those of us that are willing to dig deeper and, and willing to go further and willing to lean into what he's doing. I really believe it. Um, and, and listen, we can maintain the status quo. We can, we can stay where we are. We can be scorched by the sun. We can have the, the enemy come and snatch away um, the seed. Um, or what we can do is we can put in the work and we work at work the ground. We can work the ground. That scripture in Philippians chapter two, which says that God is working in us in accordance to his purposes, to fulfill his purposes. It begins to, it, by saying this, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a part where, that we need to play in it all. We need to work out our faith. We need to work out our faith. God is ready for your life to be filled with purpose, but, it's, but there's a part of it that is on us to make sure that we're ready to receive his truth so that it can be produced through us. Listen, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we would have the desire to cultivate our heart and spirit. And I want to pray that we would yield and bear fruit like the 30 times, the 60 times, the 100 times over that our purpose would be fulfilled. So just bow your heads wherever you're tuning in from, however you're tuning in this morning, and let's just, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this word. There's so much in it, Lord, and I know that I could have talked even further about this, but I'm just thankful that we can look at it today, and I, Lord, I know, Lord, that those that are still here and still tuning in, God, you have purpose for, Lord, they're leaning in, and so I ask in the name of Jesus, would you just reveal, God, to them, um, Lord, truth? Uh, would you allow your, your seed to be planted, Lord, in their hearts, and would you allow the, uh, it to take root, Lord, to, to germinate and to grow into a, a fruit-bearing plant, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you help us cultivate the soil that is our heart, the ground that is our spirit in the name of Jesus? Give us the desire, God, to lean in. Give us the desire to do the work, God. Um, stir our, our heart, stir our affection, God. Do something in us, Lord, that causes us to, to walk forward, to make those changes, Lord. I know that, that many of us, God, we gotta take things out of our life, God, give us the strength, give us the sight to see in the name of Jesus, Lord. I know some of us, Father God, we, we just need the, the hard parts of our heart to be tilled. So would you till that, Lord, in the name of Jesus? But I'm just I'm just believing in faith, Lord, that there's people that are part of this community that are going to produce the 30, the 60, the 100 times uh, yield, God, because of this season. And so help us to lean into what you're doing, God. Do a work in us, God, and cause us to, to do the things that we need to do that help us move forward in our faith. God, we love you. We bless you. It's for your glory. It's for your honor, Lord. Be with those that are sick. Be with those that are in need, Lord. You are the provider. You are the healer. Stretch out your arm. And Lord, help us just to move God in boldness in the spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.